Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. We have a fantastic show planned for you. Do we? As we see breaking news out of Washington, D.C., uh, based on the Senate probe, the U.S. came close to a full-blown constitutional crisis. Apparently, Donald Trump uh, inserted people at the DOJ to attempt a coup. That's where we are in this what does lo- that mean? lovely Thursday. They're trying to overthrow the government. He actually was trying <laughs> to do it. So, good Listen, morning. Listen, I'm going to be the one to say it. I kind of miss Donnie. Right? I kind of miss Donnie for the antics of it all. Well, because our, our first headline today, uh, after we get through news on the beat, our first topic of conversation is Jesse Smollett. Remember him? Well... Wait, what's happening with that him? That trial's about to start finally. The trial? And that I was al- like three years ago. I almost don't even care about it anymore now that this Who news cares? is coming out about Donald Trump. But... He wore a fake noose around his neck. There's twists and turns, and there's more updates on this story, Wait, though. I'm sorry. Is Jesse Smollett really going to say that he... Was innocent? Is this the fight? Well, he's pled guilt or pled not guilty. So yeah, honey, you're guilty. You and your subway sandwich just should have stayed, <laughs> just stayed in the snow. So we're talking Jussie Smollett in about 13 minutes from right now. On a side note, his sister Journey is everything. Hot. She's everything. We just finished Lovecraft Country on HBO Max uh, the other night, and she is a revelation. Did you ever see her in oh, what's the movie called? Something by You. Um, um, oh, God, it was an iconic movie. All I know is the Blue Bayou, the restaurant at Disneyland. I don't know what you're oh saying. Oh, my God. Of course, that's all you would know. Normally, Justin it was would help her. you out by looking it up because he's I a know. producer, but he's not But right he's, not. he's not. He wore his polo shirt, and that's what he's trying to show off. He dressed up today, uh-huh, yep. and he's not Googling anything. Nothing. Thanks I, for I nothing. don't even know how to start Googling that. Bayou. What? Bayou? Journey, Journey Smollett? Journey Smollett movie? Bayou? I don't know, Justin. I don't know, Justin. It's a pretty easy Google. (laughs) Yeah. Also, a little bit later on, uh, apparently, apparently, the Yuletide may look a little bit gayer than we previously thought this season. Maybe we rush to uh, judgment. We're talking lifetime holiday movie schedules. Also, uh, Netflix's gay Christmas rom com, single all the way. Why do we always have to be single? Why are we always single? Why? I'm engaged, people. You're engaged, honey. What's the movie, Justin? Eve's Bayou. Eve's, Eve's Bayou. Bayou. Did you ever see that movie? Obviously not. I didn't even know Woo! it was. Woo! It's so intense. Well, it's a lot. So, we're talking about her brother coming up in just a little bit. But right now, it's time for News on the Beat. All right, honey. Well, I got really good, uh, I got good stuff for you. Two newly published studies confirm that the immune protection offered by two doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine drops off. After about two months, however... Wait, what? I have Pfizer. I have Pfizer, too. 
because I told you to get Pfizer. So I got it. And it drops off after two months? Yeah. All right. Well, however, awesome. protection against severe disease, hospitalization, and death remains strong. Okay. When I said it was going to be good Okay. News. So it turned around. Thanks. <laughs> it turned around. Booster shots of Pfizer's vaccine can be officially administered to some adults in the United States, but the country is now facing a strange conundrum. Not a conundrum. I love... There's a, one of my favorite white wines. It's called Conundrum. By Camus Wineries. I don't know. Wait, I've never had Camus, and it's I heard delicious. the Camus Red is amazing. Well, conundrum is wonderful. It's quite expensive, though. It's a blend. It's okay. like 25 bucks. No, not the Camus. The Camus Red? Go on. More people are getting booster shots than first time vaccinations, meaning there's still a gaping hole in the vaccination rate. Overall, COVID 19 hospitalizations and deaths have decreased since last week, but persistent vaccine hesitancy and opposition to vaccine or mask mandates have created ugly scenes in local politics and healthcare communities and present a major hurdle for pandemic recovery. You're a gaping hole. I knew you were going to focus on gaping hole. The way you talk sometimes. I knew you were going to say gaping hole. It it sounds funny. I don't know why. It does sound funny. The way you jabber on. It's because you're gay. (laughs) That's what you like. You're like gaping hole. That's hilarious. You're somewhat turned on. Like a child. Yeah. Okay. In other news, a federal judge in Texas has blocked the state's controversial six-week abortion ban. The bill's novel design, which deputizes citizens to bring state court litigation against any clinic that performs an abortion, made it difficult for abortion right advocates to legally challenge it. However, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman... Robert Pittman? What? Pittman? One T, I believe. It is one T. Not two. Related to Lisa? I Nobody the same knows. thing when I read that. Said the bill keeps women from exercising control over their lives in ways that are protected by the Constitution. The block could be temporary since Texas has indicated it would be appealing the order to the 5th U.S. Court of Appeals. In September, the U.S. Department sued Texas over the ban which it says is in violation of long-standing Supreme Court precedent. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 88 in La Quinta, 88 in Cathedral City, a high of uh, 73 in Sacramento, 73 in St. Louis, a high of 75 in Buffalo, 75 in Atlanta, 63 in San Francisco, 88 in Miami, 84 in Palm Springs, 82 in Vegas, and 70 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day. I'll give you a vibe of the day. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and add what is uniquely your own. Love. You know who said that? You don't know. No. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee said that. Really? Well, when he was alive. What an icon. What an icon. All right, coming up, not an icon. Uh, We're talking Jussie Smollett. He's back in the headlines as his trial starts. I still think he's guilty, but we'll discuss in depth next. It's like... You know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you, how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. Okay, that's Jesse Smollett a couple years ago with Robin Roberts uh, sitting down talking about his experience. Uh, He claims to have been attacked by two men who yelled homophobic and racist slurs in Chicago outside of a subway late one night, right? And then the whole story blew up. Turns out that maybe that did not happen. Um, And he hired the men, paid them each $3,500, his trainer and his brother, uh, to stage the whole thing. Right. Charges were brought. 
Then charges were dropped. Things got very complicated. Mm -hmm. So some were saying, okay, well, now he's been completely exonerated and he's off the hook, right? Um, Which is what it looked like for a little bit. Well, apparently that wasn't the case. The state's attorney, Kim Fox, uh, had charged him uh, with filing a false police report. That's the charge that was dropped. She's no longer part of this case anymore. Now the city of Chicago is suing him for $130,000, which is kind of, we've kind of known that, that they were coming after him. Yeah. But the update is that the jury selection will now begin on November 29th, right after uh, Thanksgiving. What a way to start the holidays. Yes. And I am almost shocked by this because I think I forgot about it. Oh, I fully forgot about if it. If you're Jesse Smollett and you want people to forget who you are and what you allegedly mm-hmm, did, mm-hmm. global pandemic is the way to go. Yes. Because nobody's talked about Jesse for two years. It's crazy because I remember uh, here even at Channel Q, we did, uh, we like uh, went to West Hollywood and did like a um, protect Jesse Smollett, like when it very first came out. Mm. People were so upset and obviously we wanted to take his his side and and everybody felt very bad and then when the news came out that it wasn't true it was very awkward um but i think what makes it more awkward is the fact that he continues to lie like he's like well allegedly well, it happened. Allegedly. allegedly we'll let it all play out but it doesn't look good for him and my gut has, has told me all along there's something else going on uh he uh, was indicted again on six felony counts of disorderly conduct uh and now, he is going back. Uh, there is a new hearing scheduled uh, on the 15th next week uh, over a motion, again, to dismiss the case. They're still trying to get the case thrown out. And if that were to happen, then, of course, the the November 29th date becomes null and void. That never happens. But it's interesting because I covered this story in depth over at the Wendy Williams show during the time that this was all going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Wendy happened to be on a hiatus because of her health. So I was filling in, hosting the entire show with, you know, different panelists that I was working with. And I remember working with like Finesse Mitchell and Heather McDonald, some others, and Nicole Byer and having these conversations about Jesse Smollett that were very heated at the time. And one thing that we all sort of agreed on was something just felt off. Not that we necessarily were calling him a liar, Mm -hmm. but something felt off. And then my mind goes to a couple of places. One, what a disservice you do to the actual movement uh, Black Lives Matter movement or the queer movement, like what a disservice you do by lying. Because for all those people out there, all those Trumpers, all those people who think it's all made up anyways, that racism isn't real and homophobia and transphobia and queerphobia is not real, this is all they need. They say, see, told you, it's mm-hmm. fake, made it mm-hmm. up. Don't, don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And then also for those who actually truly are victims of those things, the countless victims whose voices might not be heard next time if it does, uh, if it is found that he did make this all up. That breaks my heart. Do you know what I mean? It's like the boy who cried wolf. Once yeah, that happens, I mean, you don't mm. trust the next person who might come down the line who maybe really is assaulted, and now you ignore them. Yeah, I know that we have to say allegedly, so I will absolutely say allegedly. I think he lied so much, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I think that he is not... Uh, I, I think there's nothing... That he said that was truthful. Um, I think he might be very, very, very angry and frustrated with the system as a queer black man and absolutely. felt like he needed to get a, a point across. I, I I hear that, but I also think that there's a lot of ego involved in this. I, it, to me, it just feels so egotistical. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. I never, 
after things started to get a little bit weird, then I was like, oh, totally pulled away from him. And it's just unfortunate because he's very talented. So he comes talented. from such a talented family. His sister jo- I, Journey. Oh my God. She's stunning, everything. Stunning. He's handsome. He had ev- like he has everything he going had, for him. He had him. it all. He, he was did. written. He was written off of a, a huge show. He wasn't even in the finale of Empire. Yeah, and and Lee Daniels literally took him under his wing and made him a superstar. I mean, Lee Daniels, come on! But, uh, and even Lee Daniels, like everybody, sort of took up for him too. They were like, you know, like we have his back. At first, and then it got so. Well, Jesse and I have some friends in common, and and they all started sort of disappearing. You know, once this all started started to turn, right. and and one thing I will say, just and I don't know Jesse. Personally, I've been around him. I don't know him. Um, he he, the way he came across to me was very sort of overly confident to me. He seemed very, um, I don't want to say egotistical. I think that's a rude word. I think I, he, he was, I think he was feeling himself a lot. Arrogance. A little bit. Yeah, yeah arrogance. Because listen, you should feel yourself. But that's like, something we see. Yeah. Is... That's something we see in Hollywood all the time. I'm uh-huh. not saying that's not an excuse for what he, what what he allegedly did. That is not that does not. But I'm just saying I see it there. And sometimes when broken people, you know, people who maybe suffer the trauma of, you know, you know, racism and and queer phobia over the years, and I'm not excusing anything at all. I'm just saying as a human being. That should go to jail if this is all actually true. But as a human being, broken people and hurt people hurt people. And so on that level, I feel for him as a human. But if he made this all up, he should go to jail. Yeah. Or he, you know, or there should be there should be repercussions. Yeah, I agree. You know? I think he's totally guilty. Uh, all right, coming up, our next conversation we're having. Why you should never give up on your dreams? I am obsessed with Squid Game, uh, but the show. Not everybody was obsessed with for like 10 years. And we'll talk about it coming up next. In today's first edition of What's Poppin', it's a story of heartbreak. Uh, Michaela's broken heart and the broken heart of many, many gays mm-hmm. who at one point thought that Antonio Sabato Jr. was attractive. Michaela Gordon, What's Poppin'? <sighs> I wish I had some like death music behind it, like funeral music. Yeah, funeral march. Pull here, me a funeral here march. Here goes Justin. You guys listen to me. My little bisexual heart was in love with Antonio Sabato Jr. Like, in lo- like I thought we were going to be together. Oh, yeah. I was like seven, and I was like, love you, babe. I thought the same. You did? I was very gay, but I was always into him. You wanted to be into him, too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was into him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I can never be with him again because he's acting crazy. Here's what happens. He puts out a tweet that says... Hashtag God's Not Dead, We the People is the number one movie in the country as of Monday, October 4th. Only two days left to see it in theaters. Now, this is a movie. It's his movie. It's a propaganda film. Uh, and we know that he sort of failed as the GOP candidate. But he's coming in hot with this film. It's number one. He's feeling very excited. The only problem is uh, it's not number one. So... Yeah, he's not sure uh, what's going on, clearly, because according to box office numbers and a box office tracker in the country, uh, the the number one movie right now in America is Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which was released on Friday that grossed $90 million. Then it's followed by The Addams Family 2, which was also released last Friday, grossing $17.3 million. And then Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which was released six weeks ago and grossed $6 million. His movie is not number one. 
What's only playing in theaters for three days? God's Not Dead. Have you seen that? Have you seen? I'm sure you have not. But I've actually seen God's Not Dead. Years ago, we watched it for something. I can't remember what it was. I was going through like a religious phase, and I tried to watch it. And I remember texting uh, my friend Therese, who used to be a pastor. And I said, why is this movie so terrible? And she goes, oh, no, honey. Honey, honey, honey. I know I'm a pastor, but don't try to watch religious movies. They're awful. They're literally propaganda. They're terrible. It's the worst movie ever. And I would never watch the sequel. Yeah. Well, he's saying that uh, he's very proud of that because last year the anti-masker told Variety uh, that his RNC appearance in 2016 forced him to sell everything and move to Florida where he got a job in construction. He said he was blacklisted. All of his representatives left him from agents to managers to commercial agents. He literally had to move, find a new job to survive and take care of his kids. He said it was terrible and it was mind-blowing and that's what also made him want to make this film. Well, it came out as a big trumper. Yeah. 2016 and Mm -hmm. this is the fourth film in the installment uh, and this is his first acting role in years yeah well I mean he was never let's be honest he was never really known for his acting chops no he was just hot he was very handsome that's it yeah All right, well, you're not number one, honey. Okay, in other news, uh, (laughs) the Yuletide might be even gayer than we thought. We'll talk about Lifetime Holiday Movies scheduled coming up next. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Listen, I know we dragged Hallmark a few weeks ago for for having basically like one gay storyline for all of their films coming up this holiday season, Uh, but we didn't have the full picture from Lifetime yet. Lifetime apparently uh, is getting a little gay. A little gay? So we're going to have that for you in about 13 minutes. Michaela, I can't wait for you to share this news. I can't. I literally cannot contain myself. It's very, very same sex and very on brand for the morning beat. Also, Netflix is doing some things as well. Justin, we're going to get to that when we get to it. Our producer, Justin, let me tell you this. He sits over there on the other side of the studio. Judging. A whiteboard and pure panic. 
every minute we're on please, air. Please, not yeah. your pants. Five you, you, days you, a week. You pan, it's, You're a stress nut. Calm you down, Justin. You make it sound like I'm like shoving calm, Tums down my calm. throat. You, know, you do. Drinking Pepto-Bismol. No, because it feels like you kind of like it. So you don't bother like treating it. You like want to be stressed out. We should probably make you therapy Thursday next week. Yeah. You probably grew up with this. What do I need to be I don't know. Learn how to not live in chaos. Maybe. Maybe that part. Ooh, burn him. Burn him, Daddy. Michaela. Uh, you want to tell us about the chaos going on in the world? Because no. it's time for news on the beat, and that's what it is. I don't feel like doing it, actually. It's pretty <laughs> you depressing. It's your job. It's in your contract, I think. All right. A federal judge in Texas has blocked the state's controversial six-week abortion ban. The bill's novel design, which deputizes citizens to bring state court litigation against any clinic that performs an abortion, made it difficult for abortion rights advocates to legally change it. Uh, to challenge it, I'm sorry. However, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman said the bill keeps women from exercising control over their lives in ways that are protected by the Constitution. The block could be temporary since Texas has indicated it would be appealing the order to the 5th U.S. Court of Appeals. In September, the Justice Department sued Texas over the ban, which it says is in violation of longstanding Supreme Court precedent. All right, another news. Uh, led by Senator Chris Murphy, a group of seven Democratic senators have asked the U.S. Department of Health to provide guidance to mental health care professionals on how best to serve trans and gender expansive youth. In a letter dated September 30th, the senators urged Assistant Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine, uh, the first out transgender administration official confirmed by the Senate, and Miriam Delphin Rittman, Assistant Secretary for Mental Health and Substance Use, to provide guidance specifically for inpatient care. The senators acknowledge that guidance is needed across all forms of mental health care for trans and gender expensive youth, but said inpatient care is the most pressing as a lack of knowledge on working with these youth can lead to delays in care. I think we need to point out this moment. This is pretty incredible. Yes. We're coming off the heels of, of, a, of a man who tried to do everything he could to attack our trans brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. And now this group of senators are saying, we want guidance on how to do better. Yes. That's that's hard to ask for help sometimes. Absolutely, but I love, I love it. it. I, I think too. it's very, very important. And I think that, you know, we talk a lot about mental health. We talk a lot about our trans youth. Um, but there is a way... I mean, I'll be totally transparent. Me and Lisa, my partner, were in a huge fight yesterday. I wanted to, like, break up with her. I hated her. And then we went to therapy. And with, like, the communication skills that we were given, it changed the entire narrative of the relationship of the day. You have to know how to communicate with people, your partners, or LGBTQ youth. There's just such a such a way to communicate it's very very important mental health is real and like most people don't know how to talk about it throw in something complicated like somebody being trans or non-binary or something out of whatever quote-unquote ordinary is that's that's it's a complicated conversation yeah kudos to them for asking for help absolutely all right let's get into a little bit of weather it's gonna be a high of 68 in LA, 82 in Vegas, 84 in Palm Springs, 86 in Miami, uh, 63 in San Francisco, sorry, Lisa's texting me, 73 in Atlanta, 75 in Buffalo, 77 in Cleveland, 88 in Cathedral City, and 88 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, coming up, the Yuletide may be even gayer than we thought, thanks to Lifetime. And we're going to discuss, coming up next, AJ Gibson. I'm going to tell you this. This is your favorite number one Christmas song. Okay, this is my second favorite Christmas song of all time. 
Sugar and Spice, then Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> and then that Mariah Carey one. All I want for Christmas oh, is you. Oh, yes. I love this song so much. And I'll say this. This pandemic has been rough. Yeah. Last yeah. year was the first holiday season of the pandemic, right? The year before it kind of started afterwards. And so last year, I don't know that I was really in the holiday spirit. Nobody I, was, honey. Nobody was. Our family had a big getaway planned. We rented these two cabins for the first time in our lives. 25 of us were all oh, going to be together for the holidays. Right. It was supposed to be so fun. <laughs> Canceled it. Right? Not doing it this year because things are still weird. Hopefully next year we'll get to. Um, but this year I'm fully in the holiday spirit. Normally I say I can't listen to Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving when I put up my tree. But I'm ready right now. I'm ready to do Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas for three months. All of them simultaneously. And apparently, so is Lifetime and Netflix. Now, here at the Morning Beat, sometimes we get it wrong. Not often. Not, okay. I mean, Michaela more than I. But even at that, but, but that's rare, still, rare, still very rarely. rare. But when we do get it wrong. <laughs> we get it so wrong. We've never gotten anything more we, wrong. When we do get it wrong, we say we're wrong. Sometimes. Sort of. Kind of. And we were wrong because we dragged Hallmark for not having any more gay <laughs> films. Uh, they're bringing back our good friend Jonathan Bennett once again for round two of his Christmas film. Amen. Um, and that was it. That was the only gay movie they had slated for the season. Well, enter Lifetime and Netflix because Lifetime is about to do something, Michaela Gordon, that I think your l- little uh, lesbian heart would be very, very happy to hear. Uh, it's a same-sex love story. Love Uh-huh. Oh, go off, sis. Well, it's all part of their It's a Wonderful Lifetime slate that starts uh, kicks off on the 12th. They've got twenty or 35 films lined up. And guess what the call, the song is called? What was my favorite Christmas song called by Kelly Clarkson? Underneath the Tree. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. What is this film called? Under the Christmas Tree. It's so similar. It is so similar. Do you want to know who else is in this? Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake is Ricky in, the, Lake? in the lesbian Christmas movie. Ricky is an icon. I know. I have so many friends that are friends with Ricky Lake, but I've yet to meet her like I, isn't that personally. Weird? Yeah, I have friends like that too who are right? like close to somebody who's an icon and I just haven't gotten there yet. But do you want me to read the description for this movie under, yes. under the Christmas tree? Yes. <laughs> you can almost guess it. You can literally it's like a it's like a mad libs. You could just basically fill in some <laughs> gaps and create every single film that's ever been made for Lifetime or Hallmark. Here goes. They go back to their hometown. No, you're almost there. Marketing whiz, marketing whiz Alma and Christmas tree whisperer Charlie. Why'd they name her Charlie? Lesbian. I love it. Why is she a Christmas tree whisperer? She's a Christmas tree whisperer. Well, you're going to find out why in a moment. They're, they cross paths when Charlie finds the perfect tree for the Maine governor's holiday celebration. Right in Alma's backyard. What? Wow, wow. Why they initially spar, because that's what you do. Uh, romantic uh, sparks soon begin to fly between the two women as the enchanting tree and some Christmas fairy dust from the town's something uh, extraordinaire, Ricky Lake, bring out the best in them and spark each other to take leaps of faith and fight for love and Christmas magic. Wouldn't you know it, the tree of her dreams is in this other lesbian's backyard. Lesbian. I wonder if they Lesbian. cut. I wonder if they put on flannels Lesbian. and cut it down together. A thousand percent, they did. Like this doesn't turn out like you expect. Like in a straight romance, <laughs> they would let the tree live and they, they light like, lights. What if they have like a full like chainsaw, yeah. like two minutes? The lesbians cut it down and then drag it behind a U-Haul yes, to the town center uh-huh. and sell it. Like it's like start your engines, so they can buy buy new Timberlands. Yes, and anyway. then they start their engines, but it's chainsaws, yeah. and they like chase each other with the chainsaws to give you like that horror. 
Keep it accurate, Lifetime. A lot of flannel. A lot of flannel. AJ, that word you were looking for, patisserie, it's a bakery, French bakery. So why don't they say the town's baker? Just say that. They're trying to be classy. Trying to make this very, very fancy. Okay, well, guess what, though? This isn't the only queer film coming out in the holidays. Netflix is getting in on this one. This one might even excite excite you a little bit more. Okay? This is Michael Urie, uh, Philemon Chambers, and Luke McFarlane are going to star in Single All the Way, a holiday rom-com about Peter. A perpe- Peter, not Peter the gay man. <laughs> Why? My Why? Peter. Peter's always single. Peter is always solo. That's the plot to the storyline. Poor Peter. A, poor Peter. Poor Peter and his Peter. He's not a pumpkin eater, but he is perpetually single, uh, whose best friend poses as his boyfriend just as his mom sets him up on an incredible blind date with her handsome trainer, because that's what trainers... No way! That's what gay men do. They're all trainers. Yeah, they are. That's really, really exciting. He's he's desperate uh, to avoid his family's judgment about his perpetual single status. and Always calling... the family, judging the single uh-huh. person. Well, guess who the family is made up of? Who? Uh, Kathy, Kathy and Jimmy. Oh, God, I love Kathy and Jimmy. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. What? I mean, this is sort of an iconic Wait, this cast. is a Lifetime movie? No, this is this is Netflix. Oh, yeah, of course Netflix yeah. got it right. Single okay, we're watching Peter. We're watching Peter. Kathy and Jimmy and Jennifer Coolidge. I can't even imagine what that's that like. That's like the family that I hope me and Lisa become. Like, I hope that when we have children, I'm Jennifer Coolidge and Lisa's Kathy and Jimmy. And we have a Peter. And Peter's like, hey, moms. And we're like, you're single again? <laughs> <laughs> call Uncle AJ. And you try to set him, offset him up with a trainer. Yeah. And then, call Uncle AJ. Call Uncle AJ. Then you and Uncle Emil who has expertise in training, yeah. will have a trainer friend uh-huh. and we'll do it in a very Jewy way. Like <laughs> we'll be like, let's all go to the Cheesecake Factory, Peter. I love and that. then this we'll is, all be there. This is what I love about you. You're half Catholic and half Jewish, right? Uh-huh. And you're trying to create a Christmas film and you decided to lean into the Jewy part of it, as you say. That's, that's well, because very it's a very Jewy thing to be like, <laughs> okay, Uncle AJ, we're going to set him up. No one's going to know about it. We're just going to meet at the Cheesecake Factory. We're going to stand outside of Alo, where you love to get gym clothes. We'll pick up a few sweatshirts and we'll go in. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm literally wearing an Alo sweatshirt you right love now. It. I wear them every day. You can't help yourself. They're so comfortable. What you guys don't know is I got AJ drunk. Uh, and I was actually drunk a few weeks ago. We went to Cheesecake Factory, and then we walked around to Aloe, and you like went to the register, living your truth with seventeen sweaters. And then they gave you two bags, and then you gave me a bag, and I still have the bag, and I actually loved it. And you'd walk around like you're a fancy girl. I did. There was while nothing I spent in that a thousand dollars on sweatshirts. Yeah, and then I was like, he's gonna get rid of these sweatshirts <laughs> at some point, and I'm gonna get him. So I love it. It's going to be a very gay holiday season, and we can't wait. (gasps) All right. We can't wait. Now, coming up, could librarians be heading to jail for our community? What? Yeah, this is really interesting, and I don't agree with it. Coming up next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Librarians in Wyoming could be hauled off to jail? I know. I want to talk about it, but I want to do something very quickly. <sighs> you know how we love to see a little man, Teresa? Mm. Which I don't even know if she's listening anymore. She better be. She, Teresa, you better be listening to me. However, I have a new friend listening right now. She uh, did download the Odyssey app. She's currently listening. This is her first time ever listening to Channel Q. Wait, how do you download the Odyssey app? I don't even know how to do that. What do you mean? Just go to the App Store. <laughs> I'm oh, kidding. Okay, go to the App Store. <laughs> My friend Dom is listening. Your friend's name is Dom? Yeah. Like a Dom Top? Like a Dom Perion? Like oh. a Dom Top. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like a Dom Top. More, yeah. That's more fun. She's kind of like a, she's more of a, she's a, she's a lesbian. Mm. Is she a Dom? She's a Dom. Okay. okay. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Dom. <laughs> nice to meet her soon. Wait, why are you telling me this? You just got so excited. Because she's that, listening. You get so excited that we get a listener that you decide to, mid-introduction, just let me know that on the air. Okay, but then you said Dom Top, so you <laughs> took it to a totally different place. <laughs> Thank you to my friends listening right now. Good morning. Oh, All right, go what's ahead. What's the opposite of a Dom Top? Dom Bottom? No, Submissive Bottom. Oh, I think that's what librarian. When I think of a librarian, I think submissive, right? I do too, but they're, kind of hot. Yeah, right. But they're powerful, they're but they're silent mm. and they're quiet and they whisper. And apparently they go to jail for putting uh, LGBTQ plus books on the shelves in libraries. What is the story? This breaks my heart. First of all, librarians are just trying to educate the mm-hmm. children. Also, imagine whispering eight hours a day. That is a gift in itself. You could never work. Well. You couldn't even go into a library. In library. <laughs> well, apparently in Campbell County, uh, the public library staff uh, decided to stock young adult books about sex education and LGBTQ plus issues, and they could face criminal obscenity charges now because of it. It's based in the city of Gillette. Uh, they faced protest and backlash in recent weeks over a number of books focusing on our issues. This is all according to the Associated Press. So those books include This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson, How Do You Make a Baby by Anna Fisk, Doing It by Hannah Witten, and Sex is a Funny Word by Corey Silverberg. Okay. Um, I, I, I just don't know where to start with this. I mean, here's the problem. I remember going to the library many thousands of years ago and I would look for uh, like Shel Silverstein books. Remember those books? Of course. Okay, so Obsessed. My nephew a few years ago my nephew Weston decided to give me a Christmas present. He really wanted to give me a present. Yeah. I unwrap it. It is uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Is that oh, by yeah. Shel Silverstein? Uh, and he wrote me a note in it 
He could barely write. And he basically just stole it from his mom. She just had it in the house. That's it. And he gave it <laughs> he to you. He wanted to wrap it up and give it to Uncle AJ. And I still have Listen, it. Listen, I love it. Iconic. If I wasn't reading those, though, I would have really... Uh, I would have loved having a book that educated me on how I was feeling at 10 years old, at 12 years old. Also, I read like the only books that were available were like very hetero relationships. And as I got older, I was like, but what does it look like to have two princesses come together instead of a prince and a princess? Yeah, that's it. Guess you what? Know? Teenagers are doing stuff. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, the hormones are raging yep. and they're making out with people. Yeah, they're having so, sex with people. They're yeah. doing things. I didn't have sex, though. I did not either. But I had friends who lost their virginity at 13, 14, Same. 15. Same. I remember I went to my friend's house and uh, she told me that she lost her virginity. We had just turned 13. And I was like, you whore. Oh, well, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but this is so <laughs> crazy to me. Like, Yeah, it's weird that we can't. It's just weird that. Because uh, also, do you know how much information is available in libraries like how much information about like all sorts of stuff how many different genres of books are in libraries that are about things that you would never want your kids to read about necessarily Mm -hmm. but they're there they could you go into an encyclopedia or go into like a book and find something about something that's going to make your parents uncomfortable yeah so the focus on lgbtq plus health and issues and storytelling is obscene to me. Well, it's offensive. crazy is, though, that they can go to jail, these librarians, for carrying these books. Like, what yeah. are we in The Handmaid's Tale? That, that's exactly like, where my mind that's went. That's where the problem is to yep. me. You can get arrested and go to jail guess what, for spreading yes. LGBTQ news. Guess what, conservatives? The moment you start, you start uh, deciding what books are and are not allowed, we are no longer a democracy. No. We are not the nation that we were formed to be. And we were, we were, we come from Puritans. Remember this. Like, we came from a very, very religious background. Well, like and, Quaker people? But, <laughs> wow. But, that was a real question. But our, our nation was founded to escape religious persecution. And fast forward a few hundred years. Well, yeah, but we're also talking about how people are now trying to, I mean, we just are doing a news story about Texas trying to ban abortions. I mean, what world are we living in right now where you can go to jail for LGBTQ books? You can go to jail if you assist a woman with an abortion. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it clear. Say it. What happened is a lot of things in a matter of a decade or so. Mm -hmm. We had a black president. We almost had a female president. Yeah, we have a black and Asian. Could have had a gay president, president with yes. Pete Buttigieg. And and all of those things led to Donald Trump, which gave a voice to all of these people who have always been here. Yeah, racism and sexism and homophobia—they've always been alive and well. They're just out in the open now. A thousand percent. But also we do have to fight back because the fact that we're in 2021 and people can rule over my body, uh, librarians can go to to jail for sharing LGBTQ books, which are so needed. We talk about that all the time, uh, is is incredibly disappointing. Mm -hmm. And they're not doing that with heterosexual books. I mean, you're not doing that with sex educational books. It's obscene. With... It's obscene. With straight people. Yeah. So it's really sad. All right, coming up, speaking of lesbians, Rachel Maddow announces uh, she has been diagnosed with cancer, uh, and we've got the updates on how her health is doing coming up in What's Poppin'. Quite the health scare for a queer icon just revealed last night, Michaela Gordon. Uh, what's popping? Yeah, this is crazy. So Rachel Maddow opened uh, the Rachel Maddow show yesterday by revealing to her audience why she had been out Monday and Tuesday. She explained that while she and her partner of 22 years, Susan McCullough, were at a minor league baseball game, 
McCullen noticed a mole on Maddow's neck that had changed uh, soon after Maddow asked her longtime hairdresser about the mole, who said the same thing, and she talks about it. Take a listen. Long story short, uh, Susan was right, Diane was right. I went to the dermatologist. She said, hey, you know what? That mole has changed. It's like, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, did a biopsy. Turns out it was skin cancer. I had a few days off because I had surgery at NYU Langone on Friday. They're fantastic. Um, they got it. They got all of it. I'm good. I have clear margins and the whole thing. Um, I now need to have everything checked like every five minutes from here on out because I do not want to get this again. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I oftentimes hear of people getting, you know, different kind of moles that have been there but have, have changed. And, you know, people just don't get it checked and it can turn out to be something so much worse. So I'm very happy that it was only skin cancer and that they were able to get rid of it very quickly. Yeah, skin cancer is very, very treatable if you catch it early. That's the thing. That's the thing about keeping up on your health and getting checkups. So uh, thank God, a couple, you know, her, her her partner and, you know, her hairdresser. Yeah. Hairdressers are lifesavers, honestly. Yeah. Uh, said something. Absolutely. Well, she goes on to uh, to explain a little bit more. Take a listen. I am going to be absolutely fine. I'm going to be totally fine. But that is why I have a Band-Aid. I actually have felt fine since I got the surgery on Friday. In terms of how I felt and, like, pain levels and stuff, I could have come back right away. I could have been on the air on Friday night. I didn't do that because I didn't want to weird you out because of the visual of me having the Band-Aid. Okay, was but the also, Band-Aid pretty bad? It, no, I, I, no, I think it's ask, people ask a lot of questions. I think she probably wasn't ready to talk about it. Yeah. It would be my assumption. It's also wild to me that he just had skin cancer removed and he only took two days off. Like, I have a bellyache sometimes. I take three days off. To me, I would have gone back to work Friday night. Oh, no. I would have been like, I'm out. Yeah. I'll see, you in, I'll see you in a month. I need I might, I need to go to my therapist and talk through this. Maybe. To me, it's not a big deal, though. I mean, not to, like, take anything away from Rachel Maddow, but if it's skin cancer and it was curable and you're fine, you feel no pain, I mean, I feel like I would have been able to just go back to work. Yeah, it wouldn't have wigged me out like that. Really? It's different to me. Like, breast cancer is one thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't know. Well, my friend's mom died of skin cancer when I was in high school. Really? It was my girlfriend. Yeah. and, and, and it was Of the, skin cancer? Yeah, it was the first time I had ever been around death, really. And we went to visit her in the hospital. She was my art teacher growing up, Miss Bricker. I loved her to death. She was incredible. Sylvia Bricker. I wouldn't and say loved her to death. I did. She was incredible. She was like my favorite teacher. I used to volunteer. We used to do a, a, a craft show. They're big in like the Midwest. A craft show every year to raise money for you know our school and I would volunteer and help set up the entire thing and help break it down for an entire weekend every year and I felt so special to hang out with her yeah and I remember going to see her the night before she died and just being just so devastated I never experienced death like that in a hospital and she was probably in her 40s yeah she was pretty young, young. so skin cancer to me like I have this little spot in my arm I had my dermatologist look at it recently and he's like it's not skin cancer I'm like good because I literally thought I was dying yeah so I would take I the mean, time off I saw Lisa's father die of lung cancer so that was like very intense yeah. for me uh, but I, but I, I guess, yeah, skin cancer is very intense. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. We're joined by a marriage and family therapist, James Gay, on sexual abuse survivors. And does it have an impact on your sexuality? We go in depth coming up next. Coming to this up uh, this hour in about 15 minutes, we're going to therapy. Uh, we had a, an interesting uh, conversation started yesterday uh, that uh, involves a young man who was sexually molested as a child. And later in life, uh, in his late 20s, is still single, has never been in a relationship, and is now asking, am I gay? And if so, is it because of that that thing that happened to me as a child? I think it's a narrative that's pushed on our community a lot and one uh, full of 
uh, misinformation that we need to dispel. So we're going to be joined by our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, this hour to have that conversation. Because I know I've been told that I must be gay because I must have been abused or sexually assaulted or something as a child. Yeah. Or, or I don't have a relationship with my dad or whatever the, the reason may be. Daddy issues. Um, they're so false and so damaging. And we're having a candid conversation coming up next. So make sure you stick around for that Currently, though, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on? All right, so two newly published studies confirm that the immune protection offered by two doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine drops off after about two months. However, protection against severe disease, hospitalization, and death remains strong. Booster shots of Pfizer's vaccine can be officially administered to some adults in the United States, but the country is now facing a strange conundrum. More people are getting booster shots than first-time vaccinations, meaning there's still a gaping hole in the vaccination rate. Overall, COVID-19 hospitalizations and death have decreased since last week, but persistent vaccine hesitancy and opposition to vaccine or mask mandates have created ugly scenes in local politics and healthcare communities and present a major hurdle for pandemic recovery. All I could focus on was gaping hole. Every time you say that story. Every time. It's the only thing we go to. It's literally all I think about. We're so mature. We're not mature at all. (laughs) All right. Led by Senator Chris Murphy, a group of seven Democratic senators have asked the U.S. Department of Health to provide guidance to mental mental health care professionals on how best to serve trans and gender expansive youth. In a letter dated September 30th, the senators urged Assistant Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine, the first out transgender administration official confirmed by the Senate, and Miriam Dolphin-Rittman, Assistant Secretary for Mental Health and Substance Abuse to provide guidance specifically for inpatient care. The senators acknowledge that guidance is needed across all forms of mental health care for trans and gender expansive youth, but said inpatient care is the most pressing as a lack of knowledge on working with these young youths can lead to delays in care. There is a guidance relative to boarding TGE adolescent patients for inpatient or community-based residential mental health care, the letter reads. As a result, providers report delays in psychiatric emergency departments while administrators explore where to place TGE youth needing inpatient care due to questions such as who might be an appropriate roommate and what restroom a patient should use. The senator said guidance is needed for every step of the process of caring for trans and gender expansive youth from how they should be treated at the front desk to respecting their pronouns to keeping accurate medical records. Pretty interesting, right? Very interesting. All right, sorry, I lost my phone. Okay, there it is. Need it for the weather, so read that. Okay, going to be a high of 88 in the kingdom. You know what I love about you? How I, how oftentimes I cover for you on the air while you're doing things off, yeah, you off, left, you off left the mic. Hanging. But then you admit it on the mic. <laughs> and you do. tell everybody the thing that I was trying to help you Listen, cover up. Listen, I love transparency. All right, it's going to be a high of 86 in Cathedral City. It's also raining in Cathedral City. 73 in Sacramento, 73 in St. Louis, 72 in Chicago, 75 in Buffalo, uh, 63 in San Francisco, 88 in Houston, 86 in Palm Springs, and 84 in Vegas. Now give us a vibe of Zada. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Amen, sissy girl. Now coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. <laughs> Did you just call me sissy girl? Yeah. Shut up. Take her to therapy. <laughs> it's Therapy Thursdays. We're joined by marriage and family therapist James Gay on sexual abuse survivors. And does it have an impact on our sexuality? we we'll discuss our own personal stories next. It's time for a little bit of therapy with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. Thank you so much for being here, James. How are you? Sure. Doing well. Thank you. 
Well, you're doing a little bit better than this uh, young man over in the UK. He's a 27-year-old man who wrote into an advice column uh, called Dear Deirdre. Uh, this is kind of like what a Dear Abby might be here in the US. And he says this, I'm a 27-year-old man and I've never had a girlfriend because of something that happened when I was 11. My 14-year-old cousin was wrestling with me and then he took me to a quiet area. He wrestled me again, but this time he pulled down my shorts and pants and sexually assaulted me. I didn't know what he was doing. The, these things weren't spoken about in my family. As I grew up, I got to understand what it was all about. And although I was angry at first, I have wondered if it happened because I did something to provoke him. I wonder now if I'm gay. He goes on to say, like, basically, like, I haven't had a girlfriend. I'm 27 years old. And this thing happened to me. God. And now trying to separate, you know, uh, sexuality and some trauma. Uh how common is this question? Because I've had this thrown in my face before that I must be gay because I was either sexually abused by an uncle mm-hmm. or molested yeah. by one of my priests at my Catholic school growing up. And none of those things ever happened yeah, to me. Uh, so yeah, how do you have yeah. these conversations? Well, first, we have to dispel the misconceptions and the myths that are used as weapons against us and our sexuality, right? Which are you're naming. You know, for, for far too long, we've all been sort of accused of having, you know, poor relationships with our same-sex parents and overbonding, you know, with uh, opposite-sex parent and, you know, that we must have had some sort of trauma, some root cause of our sexuality, you know, and these things just don't play out in science, if that matters to people, and in lived experience. And so regardless of whether or not someone was sexually, physically abused, neglected, emotional trauma in childhood, it doesn't have an impact on, on, you know, our sexual attractions. In terms of whether or not we're LGBTQ or straight or cis or anything else. So first we need to lay the foundation for that, right? The other thing with this situation is that, you know, a a trauma response, a a response to a traumatic situation is avoidant behavior. And so just because this guy is avoiding, you know, having a relationship, maybe having sex at all with others, doesn't mean that he, that's determinant of his sexual orientation or gender identity for that matter. So, you know, it's, it's something that, that is worthy of his attention and taking a look at and healing and understanding and opening himself up to his own sexuality in a way that's safe and can even heal prior trauma. It's so interesting because I feel like, you know, I don't have a relationship with my mom, which I've been very open about, but people often have said, oh, is that, are you a lesbian? Because you crave that, like, same. nurturing, Me and my dad, same thing. motherly issue i was also sexually assaulted a few times um having said all of that i always had feelings for women like i always just knew that i feel like though and this is like for our listeners as well i don't want to convince people that i'm gay do you know what i'm saying like (laughs) this this poor guy I feel like sometimes we find ourselves in this community having to convince people as to why we love who we love because Mm -hmm. they need to find a reason as to why it makes sense to them. And uh, I often find that I get very frustrated having that conversation. 
Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, it's, it's easier for society at large to understand things, you know, sexuality when it lines up in the ways that they anticipate or expect, or, or it does for the majority of people, right? So that means that, that our behaviors, who we have sex with and how we have sex, lines up with our sexual orientation in terms of our desires for certain people or situations, lines up with the way that we identify ourselves. And yet that doesn't always... You know, it's not a, a cookie cutter, you know, normative sort of thing for all of us. And that's okay. They're, they're, it's, it's okay to have um, things be a little bit uh, confusing and non-normative in a way that can be really healthy and fun and passionate and embracing for, for those parties involved. You know, this conversation is so interesting. If you're just now joining us, we're joined by marriage and family therapist James Gay, uh, having a, an all-too-common conversation. Uh, about uh, the roots of our sexuality, what sort of things may or may not influence. You know, uh, you talk about, you know, with gay men, oftentimes the, the narrative is, like you said, uh, you're not close to your father and you're extra close to your mother. That's very true for me. I also grew up in Catholic school. So when people throw daggers at me over the years, on some level, it kind of lands. It's some sure. On some level, it hurts me. Then I'm, I find myself questioning, okay, is there some truth that I'm just not seeing? Do I have a blind spot? Um, and, and what I always come back to is I think for me, we need to get to a point as a society where that question doesn't matter anymore because even if I absolutely just chose to be a gay man, if it was a choice, that should also be okay. Sure. So how, how do we even get to that place? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think you're, you're, you're stating it really well, which is that even if, even if, just for the sake of argument, some childhood experience made us a particular way, LGBTQ, straight, cis, whatever, so what? Like, yeah. that can be a beautiful thing that comes out of an experience like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the fact that we're actually, you know, demeaning or devaluing a certain way of being that creates the issue in the first place. If everything was just neutral, it, we wouldn't be having these discussions, and it wouldn't matter if we were we identified or were closer to one parent over another or, you know, found certain sexual activities, you know, more kinky, vanilla, fun, exciting, passionate or not, you know, we would just be. (laughs) Yeah, I love all the things, just so you know. Yeah. All of them. Well, (laughs) James Gay, we appreciate you as always having these uh, difficult conversations with us, marriage and family therapist. Uh, Thank you so much, James Gay. You're very welcome. Also, I don't deflect when things get uncomfortable at all. I'm totally fine. Totally. (laughs) All right, coming up, a school district bans yet another flag. However, does this represent the pride flag, and do we agree that it should have been banned? We might. We're going to discuss it next. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, this conversation is really interesting because we've been having a lot of discussions here on the show about the banning of rainbow flags in schoolrooms and classrooms across the country, right? And, and of course, we, we feel a certain way about that uh, when a teacher is trying to let students know that that is a safe space. Uh, the idea of banning those flags makes no sense to us, right? Well, this is a, this is a twist on uh, a similar conversation where a school district now in Washington is banning pro-police flags. We're talking about the black and white Blue Lives Matter flag with the blue stripe right down the middle, right? Yeah. Uh, they're calling it political, but they're also permitting uh, Black Lives Matter flags and LGBTQ flags to still be flown in schools. Is this the same, and are you okay with this? Um. Look, I don't know. I think that we did the story yesterday about gay flags not being able to... Uh, be in classrooms when really, I, I mean, look, the symbolism of a rainbow is been used for after a mother loses a baby. Sure. And it's been used as the end of a rainbow, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful message. And so if you can't fly the gay flags, then I wouldn't do police or Black Lives Matter. Here's where Because it's the same fight. Here's where I think it's not the same fight at all. I think that because what their their issue is, they're saying that this is a political issue. So here's where I see a difference, and I think you'll actually understand this when I when I when I express this, and I think you might be on board with this. So the Confederate flag is different from the American flag yeah. because the Confederate flag only came about when the South were so upset that they could no longer have slaves or that was being questioned or challenged by the North that they came out and seceded from the North in retaliation to the American flag and what it stood for. The, the, the Blue Lives Matter flag only was created in retaliation of Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. It wasn't a thing that they just... And also, also, before the Blue Lives Matter flag came out to support police officers, which, by the way, our policing in our nation was started... As as a, a way to trap and murder slaves. That's what the original police forces were in Boston and in the in the, in the Northeast, right? And so there's a whole racist past there. 
It was only created in retaliation to the Black Lives Matter movement. It wasn't like they were just saying, hey, everybody's welcome here. They're saying, well, we don't like what you're doing, so we're going to do this. We're going to retaliate. And then also with the rainbow flag, the rainbow and the Black Lives Matter flag is not saying Black Lives Matter more. They're just just saying we also matter. And the rainbow flag excludes absolutely no one. It's also asking for equality. Yes. So, so, So if their argument is that the Blue Lives Matter flag is specifically talking about police, which is a very political issue. Um, And so I think they're different in that way. Listen. I mean, look, I would like to say this. I come from a family of police officers, and I always like to say that. I love my cousins. I know that they went into the police force to change and save lives. That was very important Mm -hmm. to them. They are not racist. They are the good side of police officers. I can say that. Mm -hmm. I hate them most of the time, but I will say that they are good police officers. Um, So I do understand that while... Maybe the Blue Lives uh, Matter was made to protest Black Lives Matter. I think it was also just to say for the good cops, our lives matter too. We're out here putting our lives on the line to protect you guys. So we also want equality. Yeah. I think that it has to be looked at that as well. But also, yeah. However, yeah. Do you know what, but, do you know but, what but, I'm but saying? Here's, but you can also take off a uniform. You can take off that cop. You, you can't take off your queerness. You can't take off your blackness. But and that's where I think it's a little bit different. You can't take it off, but you can hide it. I mean, really, but, it's uh, where black people are the most uh, uh, the most vulnerable in all sure. of this because they can't. But also, sure, but also our, our queer brothers and sisters have been murdered by police officers. Well, yeah, of for, course. Know, so I mean, our trans, yes. very specifically. We don't carry guns on us. Right. They get to. Right. I will say, though, that uh, if... I just wonder what happened to like freedom of speech also, because the same people that don't want these flags flying are the same people that love to use their first amendment. Do you know what I'm saying? And we'll throw it in your face and let you know. However, uh, you can't talk about certain things. And the conversation that's not being had is if the rainbow flag is an issue as far as sexuality goes for kids, Mm -hmm. you're still telling the stories of a prince and a princess. You're still Uh telling the story of, of heterosexual. You're still teaching uh, sex education to, children through the lens of uh, heterosexual relationships only. Only. That's it. It's the only thing I learned growing up. I never learned what a same-sex relationship might look like. I never learned how my experience as a queer boy might be different going through puberty than the experience of a straight kid. So this is a complicated issue. Yeah, uh, We kind of agree and kind of disagree, which is okay. Um, but it's, it's an issue that's not going to go anyway. I think it's going to be more uh, prevalent in, in the in the months and, and years ahead. Uh, but it's important we have these conversations. Absolutely. All right, next up, this is crazy. And I think that, uh, what's her name, Michelle? Um, Visage? No, we Kwan? love her. No. The icons? No. Michelle? Williams? Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle. Not an icon. <laughs> She's probably having a meltdown today because she'll never believe who's joining the cast of Funny Girl on Broadway. And it's still not Leah Michelle. Uh-oh. We'll talk about it and what's popping next. Major casting news in the reboot of Funny Girl. Leah Michelle, spoiler alert, she's not going to be happy about it. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? Woo! This is rough. It's rough for me, and I was never promised uh, the role. Uh, but five time Emmy winning actress Jane Lynch is now set to join the cast of the new Broadway revival of the classical uh, Funny Girl. She joins the previously announced Beanie Feldstein, who will be playing Fanny Bryce. And uh, that's got to be rough, man. I, you know, look, I know that Leah Michelle really, really wants to play, uh, do the reprise of Funny Girl. They even set her up in Glee 
at the end as the finale that she was going to Broadway to play Funny Girl. And then I think the role got taken away from her, truly, because of all the, the Naya Rivera drama. Yes. Uh, and so it was one thing to announce Beanie Feldstein, but to continue having Jane Lynch in the cast of Glee or any part of the cast of Glee. I mean, Sue Sylvester was one of her nemesis in uh, Glee. Her character was uh, uh, Rachel Berry's nemesis. This is really interesting to me. Also, yeah, talking about Funny Girl, though, uh, they had the rights of this for years, the rights to this uh, remake for years. And the plan was to put Leah Michelle in that role and get get her a Tony Award. Not only is she not even a, like a part of it now, one of her former castmates, mm-hmm. who's, That's also, what I'm saying. who's also sort of spoken out, you know, about like the the the, the experience on set with Leah Michelle. Yeah, she the definitely I, she definitely took Naya Rivera's side yes. without saying too much. That's so gonna sting a little bit. A lot of it. Yeah, However, people respect Jane Lynch. Yeah, of course. However, uh, this is really crazy. Um, thanks to uh, an article, there's a first look at Beanie Feldstein in the Funny Girl Broadway revival. And uh, she's sitting in the theater. She actually looks amazing. She well, looks okay. great. Because you weren't on board with her at first. You didn't necessarily want Leah Michelle, but you didn't necessarily want Beanie either. I wanted so me. You, yeah, well, you wanted, you want you for every role. You would you would play, like, literally, if uh, the Grinch was on Broadway, you'd be like, I'll play the Grinch. I'll play Cindy Lou Who. What do you need? I got it. You would literally do everything that made you it a little more true. famous. It is true. To it be is fair. True. So, yeah, you know, I wasn't on board uh, for no other reason than I just didn't see it. I also haven't seen Booksmart, so I have no place to yeah. judge Beanie's comedy. She's fantastic. Uh, but Leah Michelle, to me, is funny girl. Stop. Honestly, she just is. And I, you too, yeah, you you were great. You can do everything. I'm writing you your own show. I'll get you an Emmy. It's not. It's, it's much more fancy than a Tony. I can't made up with you. I'm making like, up with you right now. Who pays attention to the Tony Awards anymore? Am I right? We didn't. We sure did. Barely were able to cover them. I know. So when I'm paying attention to his macaroni awards, I'll get you an Emmy. That's what I want. RuPaul has an overall deal. Amen. Creating new content. That's I forgot Looking about that. for comedy. All right. Okay. I'm so, okay. Okay. I'm gonna be famous. I'll still. set up a meeting. Great. That's all I want. Uh, yeah, it definitely, I think, stings. However, Beanie looks incredible, and uh, she, this is very exciting We're going to New York as soon as this opens. We're going to see the film Broadway. Yeah, I thought, oh my God, let's yep. go. All right, coming up in our final hour, uh, we are continuing the conversation. Instagram's negative reach is not limited to teenagers, as one big icon discusses his struggle with social media. I'm telling you, a lot of people love that IG shutdown that happened for a slow eight hours, and we'll talk about it next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat coming up in our final hour today. We're having a conversation uh, about the impact of Instagram on your mental health. Now, oftentimes when we have that conversation, it's really directed towards young people. Uh, But an icon in our community is opening up about his real struggles with uh, his mental health and the social media platform. Uh, Join us for that conversation Mm. about 12 minutes from right now. Well, it's crazy because, you know, we learned a lot about mental health and Instagram when it shut down for only five hours this weekend. And people had lost their minds down they had no idea what to do five hours i didn't know it went away yeah. And it wasn't just Instagram. It's Instagram, Facebook, and, and WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. And WhatsApp I use when I travel abroad. I don't really see that as a social media platform so much. But Facebook uh, is what my parents, our parents' yeah. generation, they all use that. It's also, they're all owned by Mark Zuckerberg. Well, it's so interesting because the only social media app that was working was TikTok. And so people <laughs> oh, were no, no. on TikTok. Twitter. Remember Twitter tweeted? Twitter. Said, yeah, Twitter said, said hello, everyone. Hello, Hi, literally, literally everyone. everyone. We're still uh, here. Yeah, uh, but, but we're having that. It's, yeah. it's true. And I feel like more people are calling for an IG shutdown, yeah. like once a week, because it actually made them feel better 
not being able to refresh yep. every 50 minutes. Well, we're discussing that in just a moment, so stick around for that. Currently, though, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what's going on in the world? All right, led by Senator Chris Murphy, a group of seven Democratic senators have asked the U.S. Department of Health to provide guidance to mental health care professionals on how best to serve trans and gender-expansive youth. In a letter dated September 30th, the senators urged Assistant Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine, the first out transgender administration official confirmed by the Senate, and Miriam Dolphin Rittman, Assistant Secretary for Mental Health and substance abuse to provide guidance specifically for inpatient care. The senators acknowledge that guidance is needed across all forms of mental health care for trans and gender expansive youth, but said inpatient care is the most pressing as a lack of knowledge on working with these youth can lead to delays in care. There is a dearth of guidance relative to boarding TGE adolescent patients for inpatient or community-based residential mental health care. The letter reads, as a result, providers report delays in psychiatric emergency departments while administrators explore where to place TGE youth needing inpatient care due to questions such as who might be an appropriate roommate and what restroom a patient should use. This is a big deal. We this talk, is a huge deal. We talk about the importance of uh, representation all the time on the show, right? It's, it's kind of what we're about here at Channel Q. And having Dr. Rachel Levine as the first uh, out transgender administration official uh, confirmed by the Senate, it's a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because just just seeing somebody in a position of power like that and having someone like that who can advocate for others uh, in the government leads to change like this. Well, Because these senators, these aren't a bunch of transgender senators. Mm -hmm. They're senators who are now seen for the first time, maybe for some of them. Oh, wow, this matters. And it impacts, you know, this this group of American citizens differently. Yeah. How do we help them? But I think that also besides having representation, you need to know how to communicate. And I'll say it again. I will use an example from my own life. Me and my partner wanted to kill each other last night, yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was over. I was like, I'm done with you. We went to our therapist and our therapist gave us these really crucial tools on how to communicate. Sure. And we were missing and missing and missing. And when we figured out how to properly communicate, it changed the dynamic mm-hmm. of everything. You have to not only have representation, you need to know how to communicate to this LGBTQ Well, yeah, you youth. don't know what you don't know. And seeing somebody like Dr. Rachel Levine, who's such a trailblazer, yeah. uh, in that position yes. opens up conversations. Because many people have never met a trans person in their lives. And then all of a sudden, maybe Dr. Rachel Levine is the first mm-hmm. for some of them. And they realize, oh, wow, this is an issue. Absolutely. And we can do something about it. We're in positions as senators where we can actually impact change. So let's work together and make uh-huh. it happen. I think it's incredible. Uh-huh. All right. Let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 70 in L.A., a high of 86 in Palm Springs, 88 in Houston, 91 in Phoenix, a high of 75 in Atlanta, 72 in Chicago, a high of 79 in Cleveland, 88 in Cathedral City, and 88 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Love that. Always be yourself. Okay. All right, coming up, Instagram's negative reach is not limited to teenagers as one big icon discusses his struggle with social media. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. So this shutdown the other day of uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, lasted for like five or six hours, and it sent some people into a tailspin. You know, some people make their money solely off of social media, which is a good thing. It allows content creators who maybe wouldn't have access to opportunities in the past uh, to to earn an income right through social media. My fiance and I are literally paying for our entire wedding, the wedding of our dreams, through social media campaigns that we've done the That's last right. couple of years. So we've made a lot of money. We're talking six figures. Some people are making way, way, way more, right? 
That's a good thing. Yes. However, the downside to social media, and this is a conversation that people are having once again because of the the shutdown for that that afternoon, uh, is that it has a negative impact on our mental health, specifically um, Instagram. And we know, and we've had this conversation many times, that that young people, we always talk about young people, right? Our youth, their mental health, health we've got to protect them, right? Well, it's not just kids who are having a hard time with social media. Uh, one of our very own was very candid about it recently. Take a listen. I'm on Instagram, and I enjoy it. I look at, you know, I follow friends, and I look at art sites and things like that. But I got to say... It depresses me. I mean, I leave feeling worse than when I got on. I feel worse about my own life. I cannot imagine what a teenager feels. I mean, I'm supposedly an adult. What some kid feels looking at other people's lives and how their lives seem much more exciting than their own. That was Anderson Cooper on Anderson Cooper 360 talking about his own experience with Instagram saying, listen, you know, this guy, this guy, by the way, is a Vanderbilt you know, he is an icon. He is a titan in the world of news media. And he's saying, these young kids are being impacted. Well, so am I. And, and he's like one of those guys, too, that if you're in our community, if you're, if you're a gay white man, right? Anderson Cooper is one of the ones that you look up to. Absolutely. Anderson Cooper, Andy Listen, Cohen, like the, those guys that are doing it in, the, in this industry, we're very proud of them, right? Well, I feel like, you know, this is an interesting thing that happened at Dinah uh, that also can get into your head. We ran into some people that we knew. And when we got done, me and Lisa were like, oh, wow, they look different in person oh. than on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't tea, shade, prettier, not prettier. But then it got me thinking, you know, at some point, this is the moment where we're coming out of the pandemic and we're seeing people for the first time again. Mm-hmm. And we've had almost a year and a half to Photoshop or make people believe what they wanted to I'm believe. I'm 15 pounds heavier than I was before the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, but you're seeing people without these filters now. You're seeing these people, you know, in real life. And it, it is like a head game. Yeah. I mean, it's the things that social media have done. And even Jamie Lee Curtis uh, came out and said, <clears throat> you know, she went in for a cosmetic surgery uh, 22 years ago, and it actually bought her a Vicodin addiction. She's been sober now 20 years. Wow. And she said, it just is making me sad, all this plastic surgery, because, um, you know, we're just losing, like, the original beauty of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Instagram has become a place, at least for me, mm-hmm. my age, who I follow, everyone's starting to really not only look the same in their photos, but do not look the same in yeah. real life. And... It's horrible for your mental health. Well, Anderson Cooper, continue this conversation with an expert uh, from the Syracuse University who studies the harmful effects of social media on teens. And, and and she had to say, she said, what we're seeing on Instagram is an imminent threat to teenagers. I am seeing self-harm. I'm talking about starvation, teenagers cutting themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's real. And she says it, it almost forms like these little mini cults because the algorithms find out what you're into or what your insecurities might be. And then they serve that sort of content to you. Well, also, let's talk about algorithms because I'll just I'll speak for myself. I uh, I'll post like something really funny, like like a stand up set that I did, right, or like me singing. And because of whatever reason, it won't get any likes and it'll get no comments. And I'll literally at thirty three years old go, oh, I'm a horrible singer. That's why oh, nobody that's likes what you it. Think about yourself, oh, but it's I'm, not accurate. But it's not accurate. It doesn't mean anything. And I do have to remind myself. But imagine being sixteen and you're using this platform to showcase your talents yep. and abilities. But because of algorithm or whatever, you're not getting the validation that you need. You quit. No, totally. It's whenever, crazy. Whenever we, and you know this too. Whenever you post branded or sponsored content, 
like these brands, like I, like I work with, Barefoot Wines is a perfect example. Yes. I've worked with them for two years. They're very supportive of our community and have been since 1988. I'm very proud of that fact, right? And I post their content, and the algorithm, Instagram, buries it because Instagram knows it's sponsored, and Instagram isn't making money directly from that. They're not taking a cut, so they bury it. Right. So that you are less likely to get paid by a company to then use the platform to make an income. Right. Because at some point, Instagram's going to start to charge. They will. They're going to start, and they're, they're going to create their own sort of like army of content creators that they're the only ones who'll be able to post. That's probably the future of social media. But this is real. We're going to an event tomorrow night. Um, my fiance and I are going to the premiere of season two of uh, We're Here, HBO Max, with Bob the Drag Queen and Eureka, mm-hmm. Shangela. We're super, super excited. But it's also our first sort of queer event, I think, since I went to the Queerty Awards with you and our producer Justin yes. a couple of years ago. Yes, that was the last event we went to. Yeah, and that was the last like sort of gay event I've been to. And uh, I tell you, I had to talk to my therapist about it yesterday because we've been watching our friends and, and colleagues in, in this community over social media for the last two years and thinking like, you know, we are kind of homebodies. We got a dog. We got engaged. We bought plants. Like, we're those gays, Right. We still like to have a good time, but my therapist had to say, listen, I need you to go there Friday night and not give an F what anybody thinks about you. Don't worry about what content you have to post, how you need to look. I want you to go and just have a good time. That's all I want you to worry about. If conversations naturally come up or if some networking naturally happens, because that's oftentimes the pressure. Right. You feel like you got to network, whatever, uh, or keep up with the other gays. She's like, just tell yourself it's not true. And just have a good time. You know, my therapist gave me this advice that I took with me to Dinah, which was like my first big gay event. And I'll tell you that it worked so well. She said, you know, Michaela, just surrender. Just Mm. totally surrender. Mm -hmm. Like in all aspects and just like have fun. Yeah. And I did. And everything that I wanted to happen ended up happening. But it happened in a fun way. And 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 it it really did work so well. So uh, thank you for sharing that, AJ. You're going to kill it. And if you need me, I'm here for you, honey. Uh, I will say my computer just froze. So if you could just tease us out of here. Oh, you want? Okay. I need you to help your girl out. Right just now. so you know, we're in a different studio right now, so things are a little bit different. Uh, and our producer did not put what we're going to share in our next segment yet, so I can't read it from our uh, computer. But at the end of this hour, we're going to tell you something good that's going to send you off into your day with a little bit of love and light in your heart. So that's worth sticking around for. Yeah, my computer's still frozen, okay. honey, so we're, that's all I can okay. say. Welcome back to the morning. Meet us on the time of the show where we send you off into your day with some love and light in your heart. Did I just have a lisp right there? Did I say th- thumb love? Thumb love and thumb light. Michaela, are you recording me, Michaela? Are you putting me on Instagram right now? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'll kick things off. Michaela's busy Instagramming me, uh, making me famous. Uh... Here, this is really cool. Netflix is doing something really awesome. They've created a $5.4 million Chadwick Boseman scholarship at his alma mater, Howard University. Uh, This is really fantastic. Um, He graduated from the HBCU. They also uh, named their College of Fine Arts uh, after uh, Boseman back in May. What an honor. And this money will go towards helping scholarships uh, for, for young people. Uh, so far already, Sarah Long, who's a freshman, studies musical theater. Sean Smith, who's a sophomore in the acting program. Janae Ferguson is a junior in theater arts. And Deirdre Duncan is a senior studying dance. 
all in arts, uh, a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. I think it's really cool when they're helping them get through college. But beginning next year, uh, first-year students will be chosen annually to receive the scholarship, which covers 100% of tuition for four years. Uh, that's about $114,000. Uh, the scholarship is meant for students who exemplify exceptional skills in the arts, reminiscent of Mr. Bozeman, and demonstrate financial need according to officials. What a way to honor this icon, I mean, not only was he Black Panther, he was Jackie Robinson. He was James Brown. He was Thurgood Marshall. He yes. literally played so many iconic characters, real-life characters, fictional characters uh, over the course of his career. Uh, and he also went to my church. Uh, and I'll never forget uh, our, my good friend, Cornelia. You know her. She's in my wedding party. Mm -hmm. uh, she said I was there one time, uh, a week that I was not there. And she said uh, it was a packed house. And he stood up and stood in the aisle. And this is while Black Panther was in theaters. Wow. This guy was like number one box office selling actor in the world at the time. Yes. Gave his seat away to a woman and stood in the aisle for almost an hour and a half to get the good word from the Lord. Incredible. I mean, that is just the kind of person that he was. Absolutely. Uh, so this is a great way to honor him. Absolutely. And I'm sure this, this endowment will only grow and grow in the years to come. I love that. Okay, well, this story is very close to home. Now, I ran from Miss USA. Uh, I lost miserably. Yeah, they, I was, they ran from you. They ran from, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were runners. They were track stars. They were all 5'9". <laughs> I was 5'2". The height difference was remarkable. <laughs> wait, I, wait, wait. Just please tell me, how many were there in the competition? No, babe. There how was many? like 130. And how, how? what place did you get? No, I didn't. No. No, nowhere, okay, I didn't it. even and honestly looking back I'm like what were you thinking babe like it was like tall 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 boop da, 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 da. <laughs> like it never would have made sense uh, however this story is amazing because Miss Universe is doing something major they crowned Philippines as the winner uh, and it's the first LGBTQ winner uh, queer folks in Manila are celebrating big as they congratulate Beatrice Gomez. During the preliminary interview, Gomez, who represented Cebu City, shared that she's been in a long-term same-sex relationship with her partner. She also expressed her confidence that the Philippines was ready for an out and proud member of the LGBTQ plus community to represent them at the Miss Universe pageant. And as it turns out, she was right. They absolutely said, that's our girl, she wins. You no, know, I'll tell you this. My best friend in the entire world happens to be Filipino, uh, Dr. Therese Mascardo. She's my number one, above all else. Nobody I just want you guys close. to know that he does as he trolls me. <laughs> He lit, but, this is our relationship. But I will say, she's she's told me that the culture in the Philippines, it's one of those, Philippines, Venezuela, Brazil, there are certain places where they take Miss Universe very, very seriously. Oh, they, yeah. They, this is the, I the, think she, up until the point we mm -hmm. used to take it very seriously. She will become like the LeBron James or the Roger Federer or Serena Williams of that nation now. Love that. And this is iconic, and I love it. Iconic. Well, listen, uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's at any moment. That can give you a sweet relief. It's a moment to look forward to. Now, for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte hot or iced for just two dollars prices may vary uh now we are talking about a lot of great stuff tomorrow but more importantly tomorrow makes it one week until we get the adele album 30 and honestly i don't know what she's trying to do right now if she's trying to grace every vogue in the world is the album coming out in a week or just the single the single i think sorry. you're getting ahead of yourself don't get ahead the of album me. comes out in november why don't you mind your own business <laughs> it's my show as always thank you for listening and we'll see you tomorrow how powerful is cox internet Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.